Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome back to the SVP. I'm your boy Prime Source. How you feeling, bro? Feeling good, feeling great. Happy Mother's Day to the ladies in uh, SVP, the moms in SVP, I should say. Uh, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. And uh, again, happy Mother's Day to you. How you feeling, Prime? I'm good. I'm I'm good. And I, too, want to say happy Mother's Day to all, SBP, non-SBP, everybody out there, um, whether your mother is uh, still here with us today um, or not. Um, everybody loves their mothers, and, and they should, and they should. So and that includes everybody, mothers, grandmothers. If you got a daughter that's got kids, uh, like I do, uh, happy Mother's Day to all. Man, but I'm good this morning, man. I'm good. I'm good. It's obvious when we're recording this. Of course, it is Mother's Day morning. And, um, yeah, man, I know everybody got some activities and stuff popping off. Um, you know, I know you did some, you know, some things early this morning. Um, you got anything special planned for the day, man? You just chilling. Uh, well, for the day, you know, we are going to pick up a, a small gift for my wife. Well, she'll be with us. But we want to pick up a gift, grab a little okay. snack, then we're gonna have a little early dinner with uh, with the in laws, and uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Then it's all about those game sevens that we're gonna get into in a little bit. What you got on on the agenda? Game sevens, man. Game sevens. Um, and that's really it. We're not doing a whole lot. Um, my lady kind of requested she wanted to rest been a long, long work week for her, and she's got a long week ahead after the day, so she kind of wanted to rest. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try to get her to coax her to ride out of the house for me just for a minute and go sit up in the Barnes and Nobles and relax or something and sip some coffee, but she may not want to do that, but it's on her. It's on her day. You know, it is what it is, man. But then other than that, right. I'm trying to get back in for the game sevens, bro, and I was hoping that we were going to have three game sevens today. Mm-hmm. Um Things ain't quite go right, man. People ain't wants to cooperate with us. And that was <laughs> namely the Houston Rockets, man. The Rockets went down uh, to Golden State. Even after Golden State was short, their, uh, I would guess you would say their best player, and Kevin mm-hmm. Durant. And I think a lot of people just pretty much figured off top, oh, yeah, Houston and this, we're going to get us a game seven, bro. But it, uh, it ain't work out that way. Not at all. Even if you look at Vegas, bro, I believe that this was the biggest uh, underdog that Golden State has been in some years. Well, I don't think it. I know it. This is the biggest underdog that they've been in some some years. Uh, They were a seven-point dog, I believe it was. Seven points based on it being – probably based on it being game six. Everybody winning at home so far in the series – and no KD, which is fair. Seems fair to me. Uh, everything seemed like it was pointing in the direction of Houston to get that dub and take it back to to uh, Oakland one more again. But Clay Thompson and Steph Curry had other ideas, so guess that ain't had an end. Man, that definitely didn't happen. Who saw that coming except for the Golden State fans, which I don't know but a, but a couple. But I guess it just taught us a lesson, man, and that's the way I looked at it is they are the Golden State Warriors. It's just that simple. They are the Golden State Warriors. They are the team that won title before KD got there. You see what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. they wanted to let you know. And we saw Steph come back. Uh, Steph wasn't having the greatest series. He didn't have the greatest first half the other night um, in game six, but he came on strong. But the real guy that impressed me the most or just reminded me, he could be with that Roy Jones. In case you forgot, uh, was Clay Thompson, man. Lights out. Lights out indeed. Clay got busy, held it down for the whole first half uh, while Steph had zero points. But in the second half, the leader of the light skin coalition, Steph Curry, put up that 33 and gave gave Houston a couple of daggers, a couple of daggers, and put them out of their misery, man. It's a sad, sad day in 
Houston, as uh, we can attest to another loss. So that's that's four years in a row. I think it was four years in a row that Houston has lost to Golden State in the playoffs. Which, in my perspective, in my opinion, while it's it's sad and bad and all that, I mean, it's worse teams to have lost to. So. Well, that's my point. That's my point. If you if you check across social media and our platforms, especially in our group, uh, everybody's talking about whose fault was it that um, in the Houston is is it's hard to blame. They started talking about we told you he's a regular season hero. Um, you know, it's a CP3. Is it, is it Mike D'Antoni? And I quite frankly put it the way that I feel that it is, and that it's the Warriors' fault that Houston lost uh, this series, man. That's just the way I see it, Source. That's just the way I see it. They reminded us these guys can play. You know, granted, they may be, you know, some a few different players coming off of that bench. That was my question coming into the season after losing some key contributors over the years. But Clay, Steph, Draymond, the guys got busy, man. And, and they did what they had to do. They did what they've always done. And so – we can talk about what Harden did or didn't do. I think Harden, even though it was some questionable shots, but he takes those anyway. I think he had decent enough. We actually saw Chris Paul, who had been pretty much for me, milk Harden for most of the series. Mm-hmm. Like, you could, like, dude was really starting to show his age, and you started to wonder, is there something else going on with him that we don't know about? He just didn't look right to me the whole series. But he actually played pretty well the other night. Matter of fact, he played very well the other night. They just couldn't get it done. And I just think people are shortchanging just how good Golden State is, even without um, Kevin Durant. That's just the way I see it. Indeed, I agree. And I think a great point was made in the SBP by, by Cesar Gonzalez. He, he said that Houston is like the Knicks or Indiana against mm-hmm. Jordan. And and that's that's pretty fair. Wow, I like, like I that. Mean, I, yeah, yeah. You know, they lost to the best team regularly. Like yeah. And that was going to happen. Like not and let's not let's not forget, you and I both picked Houston to win this series. So we're not sure going to fight. You? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we're not gonna sugarcoat it, you know. We both yeah. were wrong on the pick, but it, it was set up for Houston to win the series. I thought it was set up for Houston to win the series, and if there was any time that they were going to do it, it was going to be this year. Even though that went against my whole logic that I shared with you multiple times, I'm picking Golden State against whoever. It don't even matter. Just Golden State and and the Patriots, whoever they playing. I'm usually gonna pick them if it's if it's playoff time, but I thought, I thought Houston could could uh could sneak them. I was wrong, and uh, yeah, back to the regular. Yeah, I, I started to have some um, some feelings about that one after, especially after Game One got away uh, from Houston, and I, and, I, and I really thought that I said, you know what, I had a good feel. I said Houston's going to, I think they're going to be able to sneak Game One in there. And they had their chances, and I said, once they do that, um, it'll be kind of a chess match, and then we'll see them definitely play well at home. Uh, didn't work out that way. Like I said, they lost the first game by four points. There was some, some controversy there, so that started off the series. But, yeah, they just couldn't get over the hump. So respect to Steve Kerr and respect to their whole Golden State organization for just doing what they do. But – the next thing, like, what's next for Houston, man? I know we got to talk about next season, and they're not even in the conversation now. But if you look at that roster, is there any changes that you personally would make on that squad? I mean, they got some guys locked in on contract. Um, and we got to wait and see what, if anything, is going on with uh, with Chris Paul, um, other than that good game he had the other night. Like I say he didn't look right to me. Um, but is there anything they need to do or they just – like we were kind of just talking about, it might have been Caesar that mentioned it. Like you said, that I mean they're pretty much good enough probably to go toe to toe with just about everybody else. Is just Golden State. Is there a move they can make, or they just need to get back at it and try it again? I think they had the. I think they had the ability to do it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the the thing I did I did hear the uh, 
the owner say that they're not going to sleep, like they're not going to just sit back and let whatever happen happen. So yeah, he I wouldn't was be surprised. <laughs> if, yeah, yeah, he was he was not happy. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if they're active. I don't know what they can do, but I do know that I was disappointed with the efforts of Frank Capella. I thought Frank Capella was going to be able to do numbers. I thought he was going to be able to do numbers because I thought that, you know, with, with Paul and Harden, I thought they'd drive the draw and Capella would be there for the easy buckets and he'd clean up the boards. He did neither. So right. that was the disappointment for me. The rest is just it is what it is. Respect to P.J. Tucker, man. P.J. Uh, yeah. Tucker balled out the whole series. Whatever was needed, he was there to do it. I don't know what they can do, but I have no problem with the Houston team, the way it is created, the way it is uh, it was built, and the way it stands right now. Just got to uh, – but – as, as the people keep saying, I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Tony's out of there. I don't, I don't blame Dan Tony, I, but I think he's an easy scapegoat. Just like Harden is an easy blame. Like you, it doesn't matter. Like if you're the star, you're gonna get the blame. That's just what it is. And people don't like Harden. Some people don't like Harden for whatever reason, and they like blaming him. The same reason they blame LeBron for stuff for losing to the same Golden State team, even though his team shouldn't have been playing the go that Golden State team because they weren't good enough around him. Same thing, but I think Dan Tony's going to get a lot of the blame. If there's a scapegoat that suffers for it, it'll be him. I think that could be a problem. And the reason being that we know that Chris Paul is a Hall of Famer. We know uh, what Harden can do. He'll undoubtedly be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. Um, But Dan Tony's style, whether it wins or not, whether it's won anything or not, I kind of feel like um, enables them, you know, it enables them to be able to do a lot of the things that they do. My question is, I'm trying to think who is going to be out there, who could they go get that may not change but so many things? Because I, I don't know how good this team is overall if you go in and completely change everything, the way they, especially the way they run that offense. Because, look, you know CP3's game. You know – um, are you going to allow Harden just to be Harden and run and gun? Are you going to – Clint Capella, that, that's the thing for me. We saw how good Clint Capella was, especially last season. But for me personally, Clint Capella doesn't have a whole lot in the arsenal. Like, I'd like to see Clint Capella go out and develop, um, uh, you know, some low post moves. To me, because I, when I see Clint Capella, I see a guy that's just – he's active around the basket. He's going to catch the oop. Um you know, he gives you great effort, and he can have some great games. But to me, he doesn't really have that real post game that he could have. So my question is, if you're going to bring somebody else in, who is it going to be at this point? Because most of the guys that we like to think are the better coaches that are coaching are not on the market anymore. Not saying it has to be that guy, but I'm just wondering if you bring in somebody else, are they going to change too much? We're not even looking at the type of team that's uh, that plays that, that's capable of actually – getting to the Western Conference Finals. You know what? Let my last mention, I'll just throw this out there. I was just thinking just now as you were talking, if they happened to fire uh, D'Antoni, I wonder if they would look at Tyron Lue. Not that Tyron Ooh. Lue would necessarily want the job, but I wonder if they would right. look at him based on, based on uh, his track record and based on his dealing with a star mm-hmm. player, blah, blah, blah. I just, you know, just throwing it out there. I like it. I like it. I, I, maybe I could see that. I, I, I definitely could see that. Mark Jackson's name will come up again, and he seems to be somebody who you're just wondering. He thought to be coaching by now. And I know there's some outside things. People say that he could be really something to deal with behind closed doors when he, he speaks his mind. He's a man of faith. Um, he's going to do what he's going to do. But he's a good defensive coach. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how great offensively of a coach he is. So then again, that could kind of go back to what I was questioning earlier. But yeah, that's, that's interesting. I like that Lou, man. I like that Lou swing. I like that Lou swing. So, um, it looks like when they're talking about, they're going to, uh, they're thinking that they're going to get KD back. Looks like DeMarcus Cousins, when they're talking, like he could play as well. Um, but obviously, they may or may not need him. So, that's just going to be something to watch, man. But um, 
how you feel about either one of them possibly coming back? Uh, I'm not thinking about DeMarcus Cousins coming back because I don't expect him to come back. And, I mean, if if everybody comes back healthy, like they're watching whoever. But I'm – I'm not. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this whole KD injury and and what's going on with it. So I just I'm just gonna wait this one out and see what happens. I need to. I want to see it. I can't even. I can't even speculate because that thing looked looked look much worse than what it turned out to be. I thought it was Achilles. I didn't think it was like ruptured or torn because it right. walked off. But I did think it was the the Achilles. So wrong about that, so I'm just going to sit back and, and we'll see how this thing works out for Golden State. They're still the favorite. All right, well, quickly, oh, no doubt, no doubt. Quickly, before we get into these game sevens, uh, I would, you know, we're a few days removed from it, but you know, doing what we do, we got to talk about uh, quickly this uh, this uh, Kyrie thing, because look, didn't work out in, um, this season didn't work out for Boston. Everybody who uh, a lot of cats that are really into sports really thought that, hey, <laughs> well, Boston's just there. We saw what Boston did last year, and now you add Kyrie to this mix. And it didn't not only just didn't work out for this past series, it didn't look good for long stretches of the entire season. What you think about that, man? That's 100% fact. Now, we, we had <laughs> a discussion in the group between Washington talking about without John Wall, with John Wall, and they did look more cohesive last year uh, without Wall, but better than not. And if you had a question about it, you just look at this year, complete season without John Wall, and you see what happened. It's not the same. Even though I was, I was not that, I wasn't really against the whole idea that they might be better without John Wall, with another piece, not just without John Wall and whatever they got left. But looking at them this season, it was a struggle. Consider that with uh, dang, that was a lot of John Wall. What were they even talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it's just the whole what, deal is crazy, man. What what team? Were, yeah. what, what team were we talking about? What was the question? Well, Boston, man. Boston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kyrie, Boston. It was again. We talked about this uh, before the season and how we thought they were going to be really good, but how was Brad Stevens going to be able to put all use all those pieces? It's a lot of pieces. You have Tatum, who became the man last year uh, without Kyrie. He had to fall back. He does like I don't care what anybody says. Whatever you wanted from Tatum, he he was not it this season. And was that because the pressure was there, or is it because there was someone else who was the the primary uh, usage guy, and he had to fall back because he fell way back. To me, I I didn't see it in Tatum. I know he had some stretches where he played well, but I did not see uh, Jason Tatum from the season before much at all this season. So without Kyrie around, will he be able to be back to the guy he was as a rookie? And you got Jalen Brown, so you basically you got minutes between Kyrie, Terry Rozier, who wasn't as effective this year with Kyrie there, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, the the addition of Gordon Hayward who was out with the injury last year, and Tatum. Not to mention Marcus Morris. You got too many people who need too much action and deserve to be on the court. For three positions, it it didn't work out, and maybe they were better without Kyrie because it wasn't as ball dominant a person leading the squad. Because Kyrie will take everybody out of their game if they do not do not know how to play with somebody who has to dominate the ball. I mean, hey, you know, I like Boston better without Kyrie personally, and if. If I am a fan of another team, of any other team, I'm not sure that I want Kyrie on my squad. You might want him in New York. I don't know. But I can't think of anywhere where I would be like, you know what? That team is going to be better if they just get Kyrie Irving on their squad. Because everything's going to change if he is the guy. That's just the way it is. 
and I'm not going to go on a New York tangent. Um, some of that's probably coming soon enough. We do have the uh, draft lottery coming up this week. Um, and uh, a lot of people, a lot of New York fans are going a little more crazy than I am about it because I'm going about it as the fact that um, I'm not even looking at us getting the number one lottery, you know, the, the, uh, the number one uh, ping pong ball and having the first pick in the lottery. I'm already looking at who could be anywhere from third to fifth. So that's just the way I'm looking at it. So uh, you don't have to check on me. I won't be on suicide watch, anything like that, bro. <laughs> if we don't get the number one pick in August Zion, I'm already moved past that. <laughs> but, the Ka- but the Kyrie thing, the Kyrie thing, right? I'm not sure. I, I, I agree a lot of with what you're saying. I'm not sure. It's He doesn't have to come to New York for me. Um, and, and that's just plain and simple. Will I take Kyrie? Of course. Arguably the best finisher that we've seen. Um, definitely arguably the best finisher in, in the day's game. But the more and more I look at it, and, and, I, and I look at this this deal, is that he don't have to come. If, if I can get a Kimball Walker, I take Kimball Walker because my thing with Kyrie, and you know our guy Jawan in the group, Jawan was upset with me. I told him and Greg Hall before I did something for them on their on one of Jawan's podcasts, and we were talking, and I said I'm not sure Kyrie is the leader that you think he is. Am I blaming all of Boston's? And this is before the season, so this is before mm-hmm. the season. I said, um, I'm not saying that he's not a great player, and I'm not saying that he, you know, isn't really that dude. But when we're talking about leadership, when have we seen him be a leader? And they and Juwan kind of argued with me, well, we're going to see it this year. With this. I said, no, no, no. I said, we're going to see a great player. I'm not convinced that he's a great leader. Um, you know, there's, we're hearing th- – we, we've seen how he's acted in the media. We're hearing things – uh, from multiple reputable sources, Stephen A. and some other guys, about things that some uh, trials and tribulations he had with some of the players behind closed doors. We've seen in this series, whereas, granted, his shooting percentage was garbage. That can happen to anybody. He shot like 30% over the last four games. But mm-hmm. to me, it seemed like he wanted to take so much of it on his shoulders. To me, he didn't play smart basketball. He just kept jacking and wasn't looking for the other guys as much as he normally would. I'm just not convinced that he's a leader. What do we know, Source, really about Kyrie other than his handles and his finishing ability? How a lot of people before this season would rate Kyrie Irving ahead of Kimball Walker. Let's take away the shot that Kyrie hit, was it, was it 2016, in, in, in the finals when uh, they came back from a 3-1 deficit, he won it with Bronx. Right. How much more would you think people would look at Kyrie and saying he's definitely a much better player than Kimball Walker um, if he hadn't hit that shot. Yeah. Well, I don't think people see Kimball enough to to really know. I, I don't think a lot of people see Kimball enough to know. On 25 hand, points a game. I And I, I love Kimball's game, but I also don't know what's going to happen with Kimball when he is around somebody else that needs to rock or the the stakes are raised not as far as being on a better team, but being around better talent. Like, being the man on a bad team, you can do that. Like, that's that's doable. Being the man or maybe even the second uh, in charge on a good team, it's 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 a different approach. So, I've never seen Kemba have to be the second guy. In Connecticut, he was the man. And Charlotte, he's been the man the whole time. So, well, at least, yeah, yeah, for the whole time. He's been the man the whole time. So, well, that's quite just what both of them know. True, right. When Kyrie Ky- yeah, was the yeah. man in Cleveland, they were terrible. They were young, <laughs> right. but they were terrible. He just did numbers. LeBron comes in, and his status changes, and people expect something that he necessarily, not necessarily had ever shown to anybody. Just because, right? And and that's that's where talent. People just look at talent over everything else and just rock with the talent. Like, oh, he's good. He's a leader because he scores the most points. That's not being a leader. That's just being a scorer. So, a lot of questions. A lot of yeah, a lot of questions with both. And we already know we've got it documented, man. Matter of fact, we went down and got, um, you know, we got it certified mail. Um, with your name on it, we've got we went and got the paper Uh-oh. notarized and the whole nine yards that you don't want him in LA. 
So we, we got right. that all taken care of, Russ. So you ain't got to worry about that. We we got that for you. All right. Appreciate it. Um all right, so and uh so you know, we could we could be looking at LA, we could be looking at New York. I, I happen to think that New Jersey may get a look. Um, I mean, that's really where he's from and hey, it is what it is. They got a little bit of cash. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. But um, I don't want to do any disservice to the Milwaukee Bucks, so Milwaukee just flat out beat them. And, I, and I'm being honest with you, I didn't have much of a problem, much question that that was going to happen. I thought definitely, without a doubt, they were going to take them down. Just a matter of how many games. I can't remember when we were talking. I think I had it. Was it? I think it maybe four or two. I thought. But yeah, we both. Um, had I didn't want to dis. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to do any disservice to uh, Milwaukee. They just showed you. If you don't believe they are for real, you should believe they are for real now. Not just because they beat a uh, Boston team that wasn't the squad that a lot of people thought, but also the fact that it matters that they did it. Because some of them games were straight beatdowns. And I wondered the other night, I was like, well, they're getting Brogdon back. They got such a nice flow going. We know Brogdon can play. We know what he's meant to this squad when he's healthy in the regular season. But I just wonder, with him coming back, you know, interrupt any other flow, and um, other night it sure didn't look like it. Well, my man's uh, Nicola Maris got off early, so true. I, I wonder if that return of Brogdon lit a fire under him because he jumped into the starting lineup during his series. Yes, and has, has produced a decent. You know, he's produced decent, but uh, Game Five he went off early, so he was securing those minutes that he's playing. It's going to be interesting to see. I guess it, it might depend on, on which team comes out of the game seven between Philly and Toronto as to how Milwaukee approaches this thing. But they've got possibly the, the coach of the year uh, on their bench in Budenholzer. So I'm sure he'll figure it out one way or the other. And, yeah, I wonder I wonder if this will sway people one way or another in the MVP race. I know MVP is based on the regular season only, but if those votes aren't in, I'm sure that people tend to, to lean or to see see what happens most recently and start to lean one way or the other. And Giannis is that dude, man. I, again, I won't be disappointed if it's a co-MVP thing, but Giannis is that dude. There's no question about that. No question about that. Now, today, we got two game sevens, man. Looks like the first games will be in the 3.30 slot. Um, Portland and Denver, and, man, I'm loving this series. If you, if you want to be perfectly honest, I know we talked about, the, you know, what's, what went on with Houston. We talked about Giannis and what they did to Boston. But this series, man, this series, it's been tight, bro. I'm telling you, like, we saw a whole lot of dissing, especially in, um, in the Sports Bar podcast group, that about Denver. I saw a couple of posts early, like um, uh, after Denver had lost, you know, had lost the game, um, you know, in the series. And, see, this is what we're talking about. This is that squad. I told you they were overhyped. I, I told you this, you know, last round. I told you this about Denver. They're not saying that anymore. We're talking about a Denver Nuggets squad, no matter which – you think may happen or will happen in the next round against Golden State is one win away from going to the Western Conference Finals. And that's, like, ridiculous to kind of think about if you think about it. You have the average NBA fan to name probably two players on the Denver Nuggets, and they're going to struggle. Let's be honest with you. They're going to struggle to name more than two players on that squad. You might find some people that can name one player on the squad because they're not going to watch yeah. Denver when they come on TV because it's Denver. Um, you know, but it is what it is. What you think about this series, man? Because I'm loving it. I'm loving it as well. Even though I picked Portland at five. Yep. But I think we discussed that it was going to be a, a fun series, a tough series. It was going to be close games all the way through. It's been even more than we could have expected. And this Denver squad, I mean, Denver's real. Denver's, Denver's not a fake squad. It's just that we're looking at two young players, Nikola Jokic, the Joker, my guy, for the last couple seasons, who I've been hyping. True. And True. Jamal Murray, they're 24 yes. and 22, respectively. 24 and 22. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say it now. This is, this is Stockton and Malone. 
I know mm. that's not uh that might be lofty, but this is what it is. The great the greater part about this is that it goes both ways. They can either one can be Stockton and either one can be Malone because they do uh the same thing. Jokic is one of the most unselfish uh players who still will give you a triple double, but he's not necessarily concerned about taking over the offense, scoring all the buckets. And that's kind of where people might have had a problem with this team, trying to figure out where the crunch time buckets were going to come from. Right. And then you're looking at 22-year-old Jamal Murray, who was like, oh, I'll take a shot. I have no problem taking a shot. He don't He don't care. He has no no filter when it comes to shots. Like, he's, he's letting that thing go. And But he, between him and Jokic, if, if they can't be contained, then it's going to be a problem. Like, this is, going to be a, this is going to be great as far as Denver down the line. I just, I just hope this team stays together. And with the veteran presence of Paul Millsap, who has played well in this series specifically, he's been up and down all season, plus injury, but he's played well in this series from the jump. And if there's a difference, if you already know that you're going to get what you're going to get from Jokic and Murray, then Millsap has, has been the difference in the series as far as Denver playing well. They have so many pieces. The question is, like, can they lock Dame up for one more game? Because they play, like, great. Considering that Murray plays terrible defense, and a lot of times he's not on, on Lillard, but considering that Murray right. plays terrible defense, they have played well against Dame Lillard. A lot of that credit does go to Gary Harris and Torrey Craig. Torrey Craig might not get you any buckets, but – he's going to give you a problem on defense between the size and just his defensive ability. So I am looking forward to this game seven, looking to see what Dame is going to do. Our guy CJ will get buckets. That's going to happen. I wonder how healthy Ennis uh, Cantor is. Will he be able to, to play as much as needed? Zach, Zach Collins actually played a lot of minutes last game. I wonder yeah, if Cantor did. will be healthy enough to, you know, to be a, as effective as he can be because he's given uh, the Joker some, some problems, especially early in the series. I wonder if he's going to be able to play and give them everything they're going to need. Because this is game seven. Like, this is do or die. So whatever you have, you've got to lay it out on the line. Ain't, ain't no tomorrow. Even if you win, you worry about that stuff later on. you got to get through today in order to get to tomorrow. Yeah, today's game, I don't expect it to be any different than what we've seen the whole series. I think we're going to see these guys just come out swinging on both ends. Um, and I'm interested to see what Candace's health is, too. Um, but your boy Jokic, man, like, this is his thing because Cantor, as well as he's played, especially offensively, he's not going to wow you def- defensively. He's not one of the better uh, big uh, bigs down, you know, in the league. So Jokic really got a real shot here. But, and, um, and Murray – like, you're talking about a guy that's straight ball. Even with his defensive uh, deficiencies, offensively, um, he's up to scoring um, by about a bucket, you know, over the playoffs and over the last, uh, you know, over the last 10 or 12 games or so. And what I love about his game is he plays kind of like, yeah, I'm disrespected because y'all don't know me. He's not afraid to pull it, bro. He is not afraid to pull it early and often. If you got a guy that's 6'4", boarding on 6'5", that's got handles, um, he can cause a matchup problem for him. So I like his intensity. I like his attitude towards the game, man. And I and I like the fact that even though, I mean, he ain't, you know, he can't handle Dame or whoever. Uh, he can't really ball with CJ as far as trying to check him. He's going to come right back at you with, okay, I might not be able to do this. You think I can't do that? And I'm going to come out gunning. And he's going to do that today. I, I definitely think he's going to do that today. Do you have any changes in who you think is going to win this game, though? Because, like I said, we both picked Portland. Um, this is crucial now. Um, they're playing and it's in Denver. It's going to be hype. They play well at home. I'm sticking with my guns. I'm sticking with my guns and just think that the uh, that Portland's going to come through. But it's a tough task, man. Yeah, I like to. I like to normally stick with my first pick. But if you're asking me straight up today, what what I think is going to happen? I think that Denver's going to win the game. <laughs> I think, hey, hey. I think that uh I think that 
Jokic is going to assert himself early, and Murray's going to get the buckets when necessary. But Jokic is going to assert himself early. He's going to clean the boards, get the assists, and get the buckets. I'm going to call a triple double, triple double for Nikola. Uh, 25 for Murray. Dame's still going to get get his. I think you know Dame will end up 25 to 30. Dame and CJ going to end up in the same place, but I don't think that's going to be enough. I think they're going to need a whole another five to ten points just from them too, unless Rodney Hood steps up like he did last game. True. Of course. True. We, you know, best players tend to play better at home, and they're on the road this time. So instead of Rodney Hood, I expect it to be Will Barton as the one that steps in and does the damage off the bench. And for those who don't know, Will Barton plays for Denver, so <laughs> that's going to be different in the ball game for me. Ah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Um, I can see what kind of game your boy Mo and them gonna have today. Um, Mo is key to me. Uh, Hawkins is key to me in this particular series. I just want to see what what he's gonna bring to the table. We've got to have a third guy, fourth guy um, that's going to play. And, I, and to me, overall, he's played pretty well um, throughout the playoffs. So uh, I'm gonna stick with my pick, though. I'm gonna stick with my pick. My man. Next up, when you think about the second matchup, man, the second matchup is going to be pretty good, too. Uh, we got two teams going to come out swinging. Uh, what you see in this one? I see a dragging. That's what I see. <laughs> a dragging. I see Kawhi, Kawhi being Kawhi from the gate. Uh, look, let's go back. Early in the series, I told you Kawhi was going to score 40. He scored 38. Yeah, 38, 39, something like that. Yeah. Then, no, thir- no, 38 the first time. Okay. Then okay. when they uh, when they lost and they came back in Philly, they needed their win. I said, Kawhi's going to give you 40. He gave you 39. I'm just not going to say Kawhi will give you 40 today. I'm going to say Kawhi will give you 35 so I can be right. I don't want to be close. <laughs> I want to be right. So Kawhi's going to give you 35. It's that game right there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're going to be up by so much that he's going to go out uh, early. He's going to stop shooting and just start facilitating when he's in the game. And the difference, but I'm going, I guess I'll go ahead and tell you now, the difference is going to be the man who, who I am just confused about as far as what he's going to do on a nightly basis, looking like a little butterball at the point guard position. Kyle Lowry is going to give you 20. He's going to be the difference no. in the game. Yep. He's no. going to show up. Kyle Lowry, believe it or not, Kyle Lowry is going to show up. And he's going to give you buckets. Man. He's going to give you 20. And it's going to be, I ain't saying they're going to win by 20, but they're going to win by double digits. It's Toronto by double digits. And that's no shade to Philly because Philly's had a great season. Embiid is balled out. Uh, Jimmy Butler stepped up during the playoff run. The addition of Tobias Harris has been great. But this is the end of the road, man. This is the end of the road. So, Kyle, Kyle going to give us 20. 20? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He, he, he oh, oh, Brian, I mean, Brian, hold up. Hold up, Brian. 20 or 4. One or the other. 20 or 4. He might just give you 4 points. No, no. He's going to give you 20. 20, man. Oh, that remains to be seen. But I agree with you, man. I definitely agree with you. I think Philly runs out of gas. There's too much going on um, with Philly. And you and I hyped them up pretty good. As a lot of people did when they made the trades and they got in Tobias Harris. But it seems to me they just really didn't completely figure it out. Like, who is the real leader of this team? You know, you would assume a lot of times on most teams, we old school, well, it's the point guard. Well, we don't know what Ben Simmons. We know Ben Simmons can do a lot of things. Shooting a J ain't one of them. But, you know, that, that, that's another story. Uh, you know, MB, MB, you know, I happen to think when he's healthy, MB is that dude. Well, we see MB is not healthy, and I think there's some maturity factors in that. I think he really thought coming to this series, they'd be able to cruise one way or the other. And um, 
you know, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, the same thing. Jimmy Butler, now, Jimmy Butler has actually played pretty well. But I just don't know, man. I just don't know about this squad. I don't know if maybe they would need another season together, which I don't think is going to happen. I, I really don't think it's going to happen. Uh, good chance Tobias is probably, he's probably gone. Somebody's yep. still going to pay him. Uh, Jimmy's probably gone. Um, yep. Although there is speculation about, you know, a lot of people are starting to question the fact, as good as the players they are, do you really need to keep Simmons and Embiid together? Like, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know how much I question that, but I've been hearing a lot of that lately. And I'm kind of trying to figure where it's coming from, but that seems to be the sentiment on a lot of the programs and stuff that I've watched over the past over the past week or two. So this is it for them, man, and this is it for them. And you got to wonder, uh, they lose today. If they, if they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, does this mean anything for, for Brett Brown? So it's a lot of questions there. But I agree with you. They're going to get dragged today. I agree with pretty much everything you said, even though I'm not 100% sure about, about your first thing about Kyle Lowry. You know, you know, no, let me tell you what's even the scarier part about this whole, this whole conversation. Let's say Kyle Lowry does score 20-plus. It might it's probably be the last good game he had the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. he's going to put it all out there, and then they need him in the next series. Um, you know, going on and playing uh, playing Milwaukee, you know, and, and he scrambles to average twelve a game. Like, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I don't know, but that could That's be a scary fact. thing. If if if, if 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 I'm Houston, I'm not, not Houston. I ain't Houston. They at home. If if I'm Toronto, you're at home too. Toronto. Oh yeah, I am at home. <laughs> if, if I'm Toronto, if I'm Toronto, I'm kind of hoping we just beat the brakes off these people. And uh, Kyle Lowry just—he just don't have that game today. Cause I'm gonna need it later. You feel me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I, and I think they can do that, man. I think they can do that. But I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think this game is gonna be close. Not saying that it won't be close early in it, but I think that somewhere in the second half, maybe even halfway through the fourth, they start to distance themselves just a little bit. And I could be wrong. I like nothing more than to have a nail biter going down to the end. Uh, but. Um, yeah, I'm sticking with Toronto on this one. And like, my initial thoughts is that, yeah, this one could get really ugly. It, um, yeah, but, but 33 for the club. <laughs> 33. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> hey, man, he got a lot going for him, man. Look, he, he got a chance to win the championship. Uh, new balance coming with a new offer to get a man some more money. I mean, <laughs> you know, he can play. I mean, it is what it is, man. But, uh, Phenomenal player, man. Phenomenal player, Annette. So that's all I got on those series, man. Anything else basketball related we need to hit on before the day's back? Of, of course, of course, we should have. Oh, it's the Lakers. Hit on it. The Lakers. You know we got to talk about <laughs> Frank. Hey, Frank the Tank. Hey, look, man. Look, you you know I was you know I was gonna really gonna get to that. I was gonna act like I won't say nothing about it. But I wanted to get your perspective. <laughs> I was going to circle right back around into it and see what you was going to say first. But, yeah, we got to talk about the Lakers situation. Uh, most notably, Frank Vogel being named the coach, um, which was – I don't know who to believe. Was there, was there third choice, fourth choice? You know, I don't know how I feel about it, and I don't have to really have to have any feelings about it because I'm not a Laker guy. I'm not a Laker hater even though I've been jabbing them a little bit in the group. <clears throat> but that was just – that won't for everybody. That won't for everybody. <laughs> That's just for a couple of uh, – only a couple of the folks that get a little delusional in there. But I know we got a large Laker fan base in the SBP, and it's all love, man. But um, there's some delusional folks in there. But, yeah, Frank Vogel, man, yeah. how are you feeling about this? I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I like Vogel. I like him in Indiana. Uh I think he was a scapegoat in Indiana, and I'm not even sure why he got fired, you know, when he did. But I liked him in Indiana. Of course, Orlando was terrible. So, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? There's so much you can do with Orlando. But I think that he will be fine. Like, it's only – I didn't really care. I don't really care who the coach is. I just care who the coach is not. And as long as the coach (laughs) is not – Look, and, and here's, here's the worst part. The, the first name on my list of is not 
actually is going to be on the on the staff most lately. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Like, it's, I'm thinking about this a couple ways. I'm gonna be quick though. All right. So Jason Kidd is the person I'm talking about. I don't want Jason Kidd, and as anybody's head coach anywhere, let alone the Lakers. But I'm not sure that I hate Jason Kidd as an assistant. The part I do <clears throat> hate about Jason Kidd as an assistant is that he's one step away from the head coach. I don't like that. I don't like that. If there was a way that I could have Jason Kidd be an assistant and never, ever get a contract as the Lakers head coach, if I could get that in writing, I'd be great. But I feel like this is a a fail-safe idea where if something goes wrong with Bogle or maybe two years from now and going into LeBron's fourth year, LeBron's like, you know what? I can't really rock with Vogel. They're going to just slide one seat over and slide kid into the seat, man. Ain't nobody trying to do that. I feel like that's – I feel like we're going to have this conversation again in two years. And it's going to be Jason Kidd is the new head coach of the L.A. Lakers, and I'm going to have to fly to L.A. and uh, go ahead and and do what I said I was going to do, which won't work out for me. But don't even worry about that. That ain't important. What is important is that – the head coach is not named Jason Kidd. I appreciate that. That's where I am. I'm, I don't care who it is. And people can say what they want to say about coaches that LeBron can control, not control, whatever. Ain't nobody but Greg Popovich that's not going to listen to LeBron. And even he is going to listen to LeBron. But Pop is going to be that dude if he was the coach. Other than that, anybody else is going to listen to LeBron. I don't care what anybody says. I don't know why people keep acting like LeBron coaches the team. He don't coach the team, but he still has a lot of input because he does. Because he's one of the top three players and pretty much everybody's opinion in the history of basketball. So what do you think is going to happen? He's going to have an opinion that is considered because he's got a basketball mind and he's the body on the court. He's the leader of the team and he's the moneymaker. He's got an opinion and it's going to matter. So I think with Vogel, he'll take that into consideration. LeBron will lead, both with the coach. Same way they talked about Spolstra, same way they talked about Lou. They're going to do the same thing. Nobody cares as long as the, the Lakers can, you know, rise to the top. So you really didn't want Lou in there? Because my, my bro, man, oh, my no. brother, man, he's a Laker fan. And he, he straight up, like, he was just like, as soon as he got the, the vocal news, he was like, as long as it won't Tyron Lou, I'm cool with it. <laughs> I don't hate. I didn't hate the idea of Tyron Lue. I just didn't want Lue. I didn't. I would. I would have preferred Monty Williams, who got the job in Phoenix. Right. I would have even preferred Jawan Howard get a shot. I would have been fine with that. Really? I wanted Mark Jackson. Really? I wanted Mark Jackson, but if they would have hired Jawan Howard, I would have been fine with that because he was going to get mm-hmm. that shot, and he's got LeBron right there. I feel like they have a good relationship already, and I would have liked to have seen him get a shot. Maybe this ain't the shot for him, which is fine. But I didn't really want to see the retread move of Tyron Lue. I just, didn't, I mean, and not that there was anything wrong with Lue. I just didn't want to see it personally. That's that's just not what I was, what I wanted. If they would have hired him, I would have been fine with it. You know, rock with it. I was gonna rock with whoever as long as it was not Jason Kidd. That's all I really cared about. Man, you believe all this stuff about the Rambis family, though? Like. Because if this is true, I'm going to tell you, this is potentially damaging to who you guys will be able to attract because it's well known. It's well known. You even got to be a basketball player. It's well known that around the league, people do not like Kurt Rambis. And and my thoughts are if there is a free agent that would possibly come over or consider joining LeBron in L.A., if there's any hint of the fact that they have may have some type of interaction or some of the team's moves can be influenced by Kurt Rambis. That is a problem. Kurt Rambis was a horrible coach and by all accounts a horrible assistant coach to the fact that when he was with the Knicks and, you know, I listen to a lot of New York Knicks radio or a lot of New York mm-hmm. radio, but it's only really for the Knicks. Uh, of course, they definitely could be for no Giants, I mean, New York Giants. So. And, um, <laughs> I listen for the, I mean I listen to the Yankees. I mean I'm not a it's not my squad, but I respect them. I listen to the Yankees talk, but 
But if you listen to these guys, and there's a lot of guys that we see all the time, like Mark Stein and Ian Begley and a lot of these cats, and you hear them talk, it's well documented that I haven't narrowed it down to who it was, but there was almost some physical altercations a couple of times with Rambus and the players in Nick's practices. Okay? He is not like, bro. And if any of these cats, Think about coming to L.A. I have to remove, have to, I believe, that Jeannie Buss, against her judgment, because I understand she's close with the family and I understand that his wife has been uh, in the organization for quite some time um, behind the scenes. I don't know if you guys will be successful if y'all can do it with Ram. She, she may have to remove that dude, man. Well, at this point, I'm like, I'm not even, I don't care about the Lakers brass. I don't care who it is, what it is. If if it's not Rambis, then whomever. It's not going to be Jerry West, so he's not going to be in the mix anywhere along the line. And if it's not Jerry West, it, it's kind of like the coaching thing. I'm, it's, it's whatever. But I do expect the Lakers to be able to sign free agents this summer. I don't, I don't know, you know. I don't know that, if Rambis is enough. With that toxic situation, though, like you think realistically because, and, you know, there's the Palenka thing as well. And that, it's known. Everybody talks about it. It's known that people don't like the agents and stuff. They don't like Palenka. You think that they, you know, they're going to steer their players over to that organization if it seems to be that toxic? Because let's be perfectly honest. At this point, I thought nothing could get worse than Jan, than James Dolby. Nothing can get worse yeah. than James Dolan. And really, and really, not nah, nothing really can get worse than James Dolan. But you guys are like, you guys are in the race at this point. And maybe it's only in the short term, you know, maybe a month from now or two months we're looking differently. But right now with everything that's transpired in that organization, and I have to think that Frank Vogel is, is, could be a plus, you know, depending on what goes down but on my end. But the, with everything that's gone down, as right now, they're looking – or just as big as, you know, like they're just as big as a mess as the New York Knicks are. That's saying sure. something. We, we terrible, That's bro. Th- we the worst. It's the worst. That's a lot. And add to that, LeBron was not was not amused when uh, Magic stepped down, you know, spontaneously stepped down as it seemed. But yeah. I think you know, it seems there's more to it than, than what was on the surface. But even even with that, even with that, I mean, first of all, you said the uh, the agent thing. I'm not if I'm the player and there's somewhere I want to go, that's where I'm going. And my agent may have a suggestion, but the agent works for me. I don't work for the agent. So if that's where I want to go, and I want you to make that deal happen, then that's what you're gonna do. Right. That being that being said, I think the Lakers will be able to sign free agents, even if it comes with a stipulation, even if it comes with a caveat where if things ain't right, you got to, you know, under the table, you got to, somebody got to go. Like one of these two got to go. Even if that is the case, which would be stated more by LeBron than by somebody coming in, I would think, then then that's what it is. I'm not concerned about anything outside of people just coming to L.A., to come to L.A. and play and uh, contend for a championship. That's all I'm worried about. Indeed, indeed. I just want I want one thing, and I'm going to leave it at this. Look, man, so it's you team light skin, I, I, yep. I'm team dark skin. But we got to get mm-hmm. on the same page, man. We need our squads to be back. We need the Lakers to come back and be respectable. Lord knows we need the Knicks to come back and be respectable. Look, man, <laughs> I ain't even talking championships at this point. I just need some respect put on our name because it ain't happening so long, bro. Like, I didn't have gray hairs in my beard the last time that we were really good. Anybody mm. <laughs> mm. that will tell you something. So, look, we got to come back. We need to be respectable. Um and I think, you know, we got a good shot at it this year. You guys kind of remain to be seen, but I mean, it could happen. I don't expect Braun to, you know, if healthy, no matter what goes down to miss the playoffs two years in a row, 
So it's all about respectability at this point. It is what it is. All right. Hey man, before we uh, peel out though, I know you've been watching the uh the Wu Tang joint, man. I know you've been watching the Wu Tang joint. Um what is it, a Mike's and Men? Did I say it right? That's it, a Mike's and Men. Yeah. Yeah. What's your impression so far? Have you watched all of it? Because like I, I think you uh you hit me up last night. I've only seen the first two. I pr- actually probably peel out the uh the other couple um later on today. Before the day's over. Well, uh, overall, I, well, yes, I've seen the whole thing at this point. I've watched all four episodes, all four uh, hour-long episodes, and it was very interesting to see if I had to give it a, a rating on on a 10 scale, I would give it a 7, 7.5 maybe. Right, right. Because in the same way that when Tribe dropped uh, – we got it from here. Thank you for your service. In the same way that I might not think the album is that great, I think it's a decent album. The fact that they made the album and I was able to hear that tribe stuff again, that made it for me. Same vein, even though this documentary may not be as deep or as much as I wanted it to be, like I. I don't know what I necessarily wanted it to be, but it's not everything I wanted it to be. I can say that. Even though that's true, right. I do just just based on the fact that it's old stuff that's Wu-Tang from then to now and seeing the things that happened, some of the things that happened, and just watching watching the transformation, just the story itself. I mean, I, I love it just based on that. Um, I mean, it was multiple times two times that you know it it was it was pretty pretty deep as far as uh talking about deep things that that I thought were touching if you want to use that word with Wu Tang. <laughs> it was one in, in episode one with ghost talking and then in episode three pretty much a ten minute a ten minute discussion or ten minute uh you know 10 minutes of, of talking about dirty like that. That was pretty, yeah. that was pretty deep stuff that I thought was, was dope. Uh, episode four wasn't the greatest for me. I mean, it was fine, but my episode one and three were my favorites. And overall it was a good, you know, it was a good project. It was a good documentary. I wanted to hear more. I wanted to hear more. I, like I said, I don't know what I wanted from it, but the difference is, like when I when I think of documentaries now, I kind of compare them to the Tribe joint that Michael Rapport did, and that joint was real. That joint was deep, real, and and thorough. And I, I I'm trying to hold the other ones up to that one, and it doesn't quite quite measure up to the tribe joint, but it was still good to me overall. Yeah, like I said, I've only seen the first two episodes. If I was to rate the first two episodes right now, it's got me probably on a seven and a half out of ten. Um and so I can kind of see where you're going with it. Um, you know, some of the stuff that you're saying. Uh the one thing though I would say if there was one thing that I can honestly say I really do like so far that the one thing that I hoped I would get from the documentary, I wanted folks, I wanted them to show the actual uh, hands-on, I guess we can call it genius of, even though we're not going to talk about the genius, talking about the RZA, but (laughs) the way the the RZA handled everything as far as his vision, overall vision for the Wu-Tang Clan. And, Mm -hmm how uh, we talked about the deals that were struck and signing the group with also uh, them being able to go out and get separate, uh, separate deals and his vision. Uh, he, yeah. Yeah. Groundbreaking. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm looking for and how he had the vision. Okay. Yeah. Meth, oh, yeah. You're going over there with Russell, you know, you know, dirty, dirty going this, he's going over here. His vision about where he thought each of them would fit best. I thought that was great, and I wanted them to show that. 
I definitely wanted them to show that. If I didn't see anything else in this documentary, I wanted them to show that part. So that part definitely um, has not disappointed me. Overall, beyond that, um, it's a couple things that moved me here and there, but nothing that really took me over the top. Um, I got from individually from some of them what I thought I could get. Um, you know, you see Ghost, when Ghost does speak a lot of times, he's just kind of laid back, but he's real specific about what he talks about. Ray, yeah. Ray is Ray. Ray is the same dude on the record that he is in person. Ray going to talk. Ray going to coach the cypher guy. It's my people's over here. I got my manager. What is it? They doing this? You know, you know but that's So I, I do appreciate yep. that. Like, there's nothing. The same Ray you're going to get on record is the same Ray that's Ray every day. So I do appreciate that as well. Some of the other stuff was just kind of there. So, um, I give my overall judgment when I watch the last two, but I watching the first two, I fully get, you know, exactly uh, your rating on it and what you're saying because I so far I've seen pretty much the same. So you folks, if you haven't seen it, that is the Showtime Wu Tang uh, Clan documentary of Mike's and Men, um, and it's all four. Uh, you can catch them all right now. So check it on out. Yo, right. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say. One last thing. Well, respect to respect to Deck. Uh, I like hearing Deck talk because Deck, you know, you don't see yeah. Deck talk very often. Him and Master Killer, like they don't really talk True. too much. You don't, you don't hear a lot from them. But I must say, I found like you know, every I think everybody knows that I think you God is a terrible rapper. I think he is horrible, and I'm probably overstating the fact that he's horrible. He's probably not as horrible as I make him out to be like in the grand scheme. But for me he's horrible. Right. I think he's horrible. I don't like I don't like hearing him. I don't like his voice. I don't like his cadence. I don't like his wordplay. I don't like any of it. That's how I feel. But to see and and I don't think I would like him in a personal space. I don't think I would like the same way I don't like I I would want to hang out with fifty. At all. I think fifty is, is probably a <laughs> jerk. I would not like I would not want to kick it with fifty at all. But in that same space, I feel the same way about you guys. I don't think I would want to hang out with him. I don't think he has a personality that I would like to to be around. But to see some of the human side of you guys, some of the more personal side of him, I I you know, I might ease back on my you guys uh abuse. I might because, you know, just like you, you have people every day that you might not like or you might not know that well, but you know you don't really rock with them. Yeah. But then something happens, and y'all have to end up spending time together, or y'all, like, yeah. there's a joke that y'all share, or something happens, and you kind of see them in a different light, even if it's just a little bit, even if you know you still don't really rock with them, but you can at least tolerate them. I feel like I've, I'm in a space where I don't I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to insult you, God. At this point, so I would, I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him rock, man. Yeah, I had no idea. This is some things you do learn. I had no idea that he and uh, Beth were that close. Um, and then he saw part of their story, um, you know, in the documentary. But yeah, I'm with you. You know, you guys. I'll just say this, and I'm gonna leave the dude alone because he is part of Wu. But you guys seem like that cat that you like. You might have went to school with, or he might have lived in your neighborhood or the neighborhood over. And, yeah, I mean, you, you weren't really your dude, you know, and y'all were around the same people, you know, a lot. So he was crew, even though y'all weren't that tight. But, like, he was mm-hmm. still that cat you had to kind of tell, you know, it was time to go home. You know, like, <laughs> like, like y'all be in the room writing rhymes and spinning records and stuff, and you wish you left, like, I wish you just go ahead and leave. Like, he just don't leave. And he kind of mm-hmm. like, all right, man, yo, what you what you about to do? Yeah, I'm going to get in here, man. <laughs> you know, I got to. Some homework I gotta knock out, yo. So I don't know, man. I probably catch you school knowing darn well. Once he, you finally can't and he leaves your house, you really ain't had no homework left. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's that's what he kind of said. That dude like just hang around and stick around too much, you know. But um, I ain't gonna hang on the dude. It is what it is, man. You going? You going to the show? I doubt it. I should go. Like I have. I don't really have any reason not to go other than that I just don't. Right. I'm just not interested in going. Like. It's not a lot of, and I love Wu. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. I love the Wu, 
but I don't – I mean, I've seen meth multiple times. Um, I don't know if I want to go to a booth, though. I don't know if I want to go. If somebody said, here, here's, here's a ticket to the woo, go, uh, then I go. But I'm not sure if I'm, I'm going to make an effort to do that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence, too. I got hyped about it initially, and I'm kind of on the fence about it. I'm thinking that I may – it's probably 50-50, and I love the woo as well. Um, I think more for me is just more or less on the strength of the fact that I don't know if we ever going to see them again in Richmond. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, just yeah. the fact. It, 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 it's just that fact. I, I don't get as hype about shows anymore as I did as a as a younger um, as a young adult. Even even as a you know even as an adult, but in years past, shows to me aren't really the same anymore. So I don't get ultra hype unless there's that rare occasion like the shows coming in. You know, I'll go see. You know, it's, it's like Dougie Fresh or something. You know, I've seen Dougie a billion times. I'll get tired of Dougie. You know. Um, you know, salt and pepper. Yeah, I know it's salt and pepper. And they sing the same old song, but it's salt and pepper. That just, you know, but some of these, you know, over the years, shows don't move me the way they used to. You know, Stone Soul and all this. I don't break my neck to go. It's not a must that I go. But if I go to this Woo Bang. show, it'll be more or less on this strength that I don't know if we ever going to see them here together as a group again. Um, so, that would be my reason for going. So we'll we'll see. That's legit. We'll see. All right, that's all I got. Anything you want to bless the people with before we roll out on this fine Mother's Day? Uh, that's it, man. I'm, you know, we appreciate the people listening. Uh, once again, Happy Mother's Day, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. I'm excited about these game sevens tonight or today. I'm definitely excited, definitely excited about that. That's actually the highlight of my day now that I pretty much either spoken to or talked to. It's about all the mothers I needed to speak to already. Um, hopefully my daughter comes back and gives me a big hug and kiss, but, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, that's it for me, man. Um, we do got NBA. Uh, we got the uh, – I guess we'll have some talk next week or sometime next week. Uh, we got the draft lottery popping off, more NBA action, and who knows what else will happen. Um, but as always, you can catch us on Facebook, the Sports Bar Podcast. You can listen to this here podcast, the SVP. Uh, catch us on iTunes. You can catch us on Blog Talk. You can go to our, our Facebook page, um, and we always post a link there. I also post a link um, on our social media and Twitter. You can catch me at Prime SBK, which is also my handle on Instagram. Source, where can they find you? At Smitty Source on Twitter, at Smitty Source, or on Instagram, source underscore is Skoska, E-S-H-K-O-S-H-K-A. And if you ain't rocking with us, you should be. If you love sports, sports is our anchor in the group, but we love to talk hip-hop and we love to talk television. And if you ain't down with us, in the words of the immortal Wu-Tang, protect your neck, kid. We out. Yeah.